Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, the Hundred Nothing Podcast. I am your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. Now, as you guys know, all my loyal listeners out there, we have gone March Madness centric, heavy, crazy over the last few weeks, and it wraps up today. That's it. No more March Madness because a champion has been crowned. I'm not going to spend all episode on March Madness. There's only three games to discuss. One is going to get a little more attention than others is what it is. We'll get through it. We'll talk about how I can't do math or chose not to do math, however you want to decipher it. And we're going to close it out talking Notre Dame fighting Irish football. But I want to start with the tournament. So we're going to get going right out of the box. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. So we had our final four which was Baylor versus Houston, Gonzaga versus UCLA. I was right and I was wrong. I was right in that Baylor and Gonzaga would win. I was wrong because I said Baylor-Houston would be the better game most likely. Now, I wasn't sure how good either game would be, but I did feel like, oh, the Baylor-Houston game... You know, we'll see. Um, shockingly, it was not that way. Uh, something I said about Houston was that they got a very, very beneficial road to the Final Four. And, and that ended pretty quickly. Um, they just, they got some lucky draws. You know, call it what it is. And then Baylor showed up and that game was over. Before it started. It was done for pretty quickly. Not surprisingly. As I had Baylor winning the whole thing. We will get to that. But the other semifinal game. Which I just didn't expect. uh, UCLA just scored 51 points. In a game that I will talk about. Oh I've got a. Oh I've got a fuck Michigan segment. Don't worry about that. You, You thought it might happen. Oh it happened. We'll get to that. But UCLA put up 51 points. Um, I'm not thinking they're going to be able to run with Gonzaga. I mean, the Zags have looked really good. I had questions about the level of competition and so on. And I know it's not their fault. I know during the season they had some tough games. But when you're playing nobody in the West Coast Conference, it's a little bit easier to get up for those four, five, six games against, you know, higher level competition like Kansas. It it is easier to do so versus a team who's in the Big 12 who is playing Kansas and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma and Texas. you got to bring in almost every game once conference play starts. I don't believe that Gonzaga had to do that. Um, You know, so you watch Gonzaga-UCLA game. And wow, was that unexpected. That was 
sorry, I had a celebratory swig there because I I did win some prizes. But you you didn't think UCLA was going to hang around uh, in the way that they did. And they hung around because it's not like the 51-49 game where you didn't even have to be special. You just had to score 50 points and you win the game. They put up nine. And granted, they went into overtime. I get that. But it was still a – wow, I forgot the overtime score. Or, uh, the end of regulation score. I think it was 80-80. 77-77. Either way, they got to 90 points. So that is – they did their part. Good. Gonzaga won, and it was it was an exciting game. Uh, I was pulling for Gonzaga because I did have them in the championship, and it was imperative that they won and got to the championship for me to get to any prizes, you know. And uh, shout out to my buddy Aaron Aguirre, Double A. He's been a Gonzaga fan for as long as I can remember, as long as I've known him. He's been a Gonzaga fan. I've known him for years years now um we met through radio turns out he's a huge Notre Dame fan we go to a game together and his fandom is a little bit different he has his reasons being in Corpus Christi Texas you're not really privy to a lot of local big names in terms of any sport college pro otherwise so he was a Gonzaga dude he's been a Gonzaga dude so I was like you know what let's for his benefit, let's get to the championship. And, you know, had Gonzaga won, he'd pro- I'd put him on my show, let him get his moment in the sun. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, but going back to UCLA-Gonzaga, I was waiting for Gonzaga to run away. It never happened. UCLA kept hanging and kept hanging and kept hanging. Much like the uh, I, I, same phrasing I'm using with Oral Roberts against Arkansas. They just stuck around and stuck around and stuck around. Force Gonzaga to make a last-second uh, field goal. In this case, it was in overtime from half court by a guy who, if you're on Twitter at all and a Notre Dame fan, you know this, Jalen Suggs was a Notre Dame target as a quarterback to play football. And he came out and said later that he it would have been, if he chose dual sport or put more emphasis on football, it would have been Notre Dame or Ohio State. You know, what could have been, right? But he goes to Gonzaga, hits his half-court buzzer-beating shot to win the game. And not the out, not the way I expected that to finish, but the outcome I expected, Gonzaga to win. You know, uh, the thing that I found just comical, and I tweeted about it, the number of posts from Instagram or Twitter and all these videos from major, like Sports Center and Bleacher Report and Barstool, all these people um, that show people celebrating and going ballistic when UCLA made that layup. Uh, Juzang, when he made that layup, people went nuts! Ah, ah, ah. And then in 3.3 seconds... It went from, oh, ah, fuck this, man, like, all pissed off, and da-da-da-da-da, and I'm like, hang on. Your emotions are way out of whack, first of all. Like, UCLA, in the last five seconds, went from 
not winning to still not winning to definitely not winning. I don't understand the level of emotions. You know, people, oh, oh, they bet UCLA to win. What an emotional roller coaster. They bet UCLA to win. Oh, my God, how devastating. How is it devastating? If Jalen Suggs misses that shot, it goes to another overtime. UCLA doesn't win shit yet. And if you were watching the game, Gonzaga was pretty much in control of that overtime. Uh, and there was no doubt in my mind that they would have won in the second overtime. So I don't understand. Like, who goes that excited over a tie? Like, I, you get excited. Yes, cool. Oh, yeah, we tied it. All right, we got a chance. All right. Now, they, they, they ran all, the, the fans ran around the living rooms their bars, wherever, as if that won the game. As if it gave them the lead. As if it was all said and done. I don't I don't get it. Maybe I'm too level headed of a, a sports fan and I I wait till the clock hit zero? I don't I don't understand. I just I don't get it. Yeah, you get excited, of course. Of course. Yes, ah, we tied the game. Yes. Okay, boo. All right, now we got to stop him. Okay, ah, fuck. All right, game over. That sucks. Shit. Ugh, I didn't expect that. Not this, uh, the, the level to which social media took this was <laughs> silly to me. It made me laugh. It didn't make me feel sorry for UCLA fans or UCLA betters. It really didn't. And more importantly, if you bet them to win, if you bet them heads up, you know, cool. I, I wouldn't have done that. If you bet him with the spread, you still won. I don't... I don't get it. It was very, very confusing moment for me. I just I laughed. Like, these idiots. They, they're acting like the, they won the game. Chill out. It's tied. Calm down. You weren't winning. You're still not winning. And ultimately, you didn't win. So, the, the emotional roller coaster you went on was a waste of your time. Is what that was. So, anyway, UCLA loses. They go home. And then, real quick, I saw a preseason poll. UCLA is number three now. All right, whatever. You make a Final Four, all of a sudden you're number three. They had a good run. They didn't end the season very strong. I don't know who they have coming back, so I I can't speak to that. I know Mick Cronin's a good coach. Uh, you know, we'll see what they've got. But... Gonzaga Baylor. That's what I expected. And as I'm looking through all the different pools I'm in, a lot of people actually expected this. Baylor versus Gonzaga. Thing is, most people pick Gonzaga. I did not. I had Baylor. Baylor the whole way. And I expected the game to be a little bit closer. Like, for the people that pick Gonzaga, Aaron, I'm sorry. Love you, buddy. But I I couldn't text you yesterday. I couldn't do it. I I wouldn't want, if I was, if it was Notre Dame and we got run out of the gym like that, I would want people to leave me the hell alone. So I thought of how I would want to be treated in that moment. So uh, I'm sorry it went the way it did. And... 
it would have been cool for you, I know. But I got to be honest with myself, being, being selfishly thinking about it and doing the show, I, it worked out for me. It did. That's why I picked Baylor. But um, I was hoping for an exciting game at least. But, you know, to be me in this moment, like, Gonzaga fans, people pick Gonzaga. At what point did you pack it in? 9 nothing. 21-9, Or if you're a true fan, which I know Aaron is, and I'd be the same way if it was my team, you watch till the end. And I watch till the end for a completely different reason than probably Aaron or any Gonzaga fan or anybody who picked Gonzaga did. I watched it because... I needed the total points to be under 158 because I suck at math and that's not that I suck at math. I chose to not add other people's points when going through where I could project to finish and so on and so forth. I was adding all my points and neglecting other people's points like, oh, they also had Gonzaga winning and I'm not adding their points into the, the, the equation. So long and short, I thought I could finish in second, but that was if... Nobody else got any more points. Unfortunately, they had Gonzaga as well. So, as it turned out, I was in a tiebreaker situation to get any kind of money. I went from thinking I was finishing second to finishing in fifth. And the reason I finished in fifth is because the end of the game, uh, the points just slowed down, which made sense. Gonzaga had a, uh, Baylor had a big lead. Gonzaga was trying to just throw up any shot they could. Those aren't high percentage. It, it worked out in my favor. In fact, I ended up picking the exact total points. It's not the score I predicted, but the total points were on the money. I ended up winning a tiebreaker. So that was kind of neat because I ended up winning, uh, you know, 55 bucks, <laughs> which kind of sucks because if I got second, it would have been $450 or third, $200, even fourth, $100. And the difference between second place and where I finished was three points it was three points three points now I couldn't have finished in second because that guy had the same final four as I did meaning if Michigan won he got the same points I did but third and fourth they had Alabama if Michigan just fucking won I would have finished in third that's a difference of $200 to me because of fucking Michigan. Like, and, and, yeah, okay. <laughs> I realize if I look at 16 picks correct, and I get 19 picks correct in the first round, or like one more in the second or third round, it's it doesn't come down to Michigan. But I'm never going to blame myself. That's ridiculous. Who does that? can't blame yourself you blame somebody else and when there's a wonderful shining star like michigan to blame you blame them that's what you do so michigan really screwed me oh my god it's frustrating it's i came out of nowhere i came out of nowhere it's kind of funny in reality like i can joke about it I yes, I won uh, 55 in the big pool I'm in with 
uh, was eighty. It was eighty-five brackets this year. So a lot of brackets. Uh, some years it gets close to hundred. Which I guess eighty-five is kind of close to hundred, but you know, uh, it could have been a bigger payday. But real quick, uh, shout out to my buddy Sean, who is at ND Football Forever on Twitter. Um, he invited me to a NCAA pool. I was like, sure, let's do it. I, just for fun. So I thought. And I come out of nowhere, like I did in the big one, um, and actually win the thing. I was almost dead last, I think, out of 15 guys. Only 15 got into it. And I think I was last or close to. I came back and win the thing. And I get a message from Sean. He says, hey, man, congratulations. You won. Nice comeback. What's your cash at? Huh? I didn't, I didn't put any money in this thing. He goes, no, man, it's all good. It's kind of a little surprise. Uh, you just did a dollar a person. So 15 guys were in. I got 15 bucks. Oh, hell yeah. And then there's another one I'm in. Shout out to from Sluggo, Casey the Beef Cregan. Because um, of my connection with him, I got into another pool. Uh, Morgan Thomas, who's got a show. Mo- uh, Casey and Morgan are very Clemson guys, you know. But I got into that one. I ended up winning that one coming from behind. Turns out I'm going to get a gift, according to Casey, you haven't heard from Morgan yet. But I'm going to get a gift card I can't ever use unless I go to South Carolina. Which, maybe that's the reason to go to South Carolina. Go to Myrtle Beach, play some golf. So, I got $70 in a gift card coming from behind. And, the shit of it is, the big one, all I needed was Michigan to win. And it would have been $215, or sorry, $265 in a gift card. But I love it. It's so much fun. It's sports. It's fantastic. And I do it every year. I go through the stress. I go through the anxiety. I go through the ups and the downs and the roller coasters. Because it's fun as hell. It's so much fun. Like It really is. But I be, before I close out the March Madness portion of five foot nothing, a hundred nothing, and we'll be back next year. You better believe it. I gotta discuss point systems real quick. I'm probably doing this backwards. I should have discussed this in the beginning, but maybe it makes more sense at the end because I, I did some math. I, I am actually decent at math, and I found it very interesting. Because the big pool I'm in, you get one point for the first round, two points for the second round, then the Sweet 16 is worth three points a pick, Elite 8 is four, semifinals five, and the championship is worth six. So I only got six points for Baylor winning last night in that pool. Now, every the one that I won that I talked to you about, it was what you're probably used to at this point, because that's what everybody's kind of done, is one Two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Now, the thing with that is, it's a. I don't. I don't even think it's fair. I'll be honest. I won the Morgan Thomas pool, and I had nine less, nine less correct picks 
than the guy who, who came in second. The guy who came in second had 41 correct picks throughout the tournament. I had 32, and I won. Like, okay, yeah, I had the guy, the teams at the end, which in the big pool, I got fifth place. Okay, I made a move. I got up into the money. But I, having nine less correct picks earns me a W? That that seems crazy to me. I, that's, like, I would say it's too fair, but every round shouldn't be worth 32 points. So, like, me getting Baylor correct is the same as if you picked 32 games correctly in the first round. There's, that doesn't make sense to me. I understand you want to weight the end a little bit heavier because those are the, the ones that are maybe harder to project because you got to, obviously, they got to win five games and so on and so forth. You got to do all that, right? I get it. But to have each round worth 32 points is, is a bit much. And I say that because the one that I finished in fifth, had we done the 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, I would have come in second. I would have locked up. Michigan or not, second place was all mine. Couldn't have come in first because the girl who came in first also had Baylor winning the whole thing, and she was ahead. She she had me by nine points in the regular system. So uh, that's it's just crazy. I would have come in second, and the guys who came in second, third, and fourth would have had either six or seven more correct picks than I did. So. While I'm bitter about the Michigan situation that cost me a couple hundred bucks, and I could sit here and go, man, that's if we only had the other system where I get 32 points for Baylor, but that's ridiculous. Like, I shouldn't be able to win with seven less correct picks, or in the case of a pool, I did win nine less correct picks. That's ridiculous. That's, I, I can't think of a fair comparison. That's like having six turnovers in football and like, I know what it is. Here you go. I got a good one. I didn't think, I'm thinking about this on the fly. Do you ever play any sport with your friends? It doesn't matter. It's baseball, it's basketball, football, whatever. You're playing in someone's backyard, driveway, whatever. And you, you play for like an hour. And you are dominating them. We'll call it football because we love football on this podcast. You and, and we never did seven. It was always ones. Like you're you got you're winning like seven touchdowns to three. You know? And then they'll go, all right, well, oh man, it's, it's like five o'clock. All right, next score wins. Next score wins. What? Hold on. We've been whipping your ass all afternoon. Now next score wins? How in what is that fair? No, fuck that. No, next score wins. We win. Game over. Give us the ball. We're done. That's what the, the 32 points for Baylor felt like. I'm, I, I'm going to take a win. I'm, I'm not above taking a win. But I do think getting 32 for one game is a bit extreme. That is literally, for me, I was nine picks less wrong or less right, whatever. Nine, nine picks difference, and I win. I won the Baylor pick, so boom, boom. Thank you, cha-ching. That seems insane, but that's the new format. Uh, 
And it's a newer format because the one that I'm in that goes one, two, three, four, five, six, they've been doing that for 30 years. I'm about to be 37 in June, and I've been doing that pool that my dad got me in since I think I was like 10 or 11 years old. I've been doing that pool for like 25 years. That's an old that that used to be mail in. Go figure that shit out. You gotta <laughs> you gotta rely on the U, USPS. The Postal Service to get your picks to the right guy in Georgia somewhere. Uh, yeah, that was fun. You fill them out on paper and mail it off. And it had to be postmarked by Thursday. With your money in the... It was a whole... It, very, very old school. Yeah, there's a dated sentence. I had to fill out my picks with pen and paper. Put a check in the mail... And it had to have a stamp on it before Thursday. Or on Thursday. Crazy. But that's March Madness. That's what it is. I I hope you guys live for it like I do. And I had fun having a, a little three-week run of March Madness talk. We enjoyed it. It was fun. I don't win every year. So when I do win, I, I like talking about it. Uh, if I get to beat up on Michigan along the way, you know, that's just part of the deal. I got to get better on my math so I know exactly where I'm really at so I don't get my hopes up and miss the mark by, I kept, I'm looking at it now, I kept saying $200, it was $400 fucking dollars. Jesus Christ, second place was 450 Fuck Michigan. Oh, fuck Michigan. I got the explicit tag. Fuck Michigan. Or if we just go to the fucking 32-point system, I'm in second place, and the, that 450 is mine. And that $400, my car payment for this month. Anyway, Baylor Bears, champions, awesome game. They played so well. Uh, I learned that uh, Davion Mitchell is not related to... Why am I forgetting the NBA player's name? Donovan Mitchell. They are not related. They're not brothers. They're not siblings or uh, cousins. They're not anything. They're just number 45, D. Mitchell, with a very similar style of basketball. Crazy. But Baylor did it. Uh, congratulations to Scott Drew. Really turned that program around. That was awesome for him. Um, I've been in Texas since uh, 99, 2000. So I was around when Baylor had those issues. And it was talked about. Um you know, locally in in, te- in Texas and things. Congratulations, to Scott Drew. Awesome, Mark Few. Great coach, amazing coach. Uh, it's just, I think the West Coast Conference ultimately played a role. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I that's my opinion. That's how I differentiated. That's how I picked Baylor. It wasn't me going, oh, F Gonzaga. No man, the West Coast Conference uh, isn't any good. Um, just immediately, it's just, I just looked at, I feel like playing in the Big 12 is better than, not that the West Coast Conference is that bad, um, but that was my way of differentiating. I picked Baylor because I felt like the Big 12 mattered just a little bit more, a little bit tougher. That's not Gonzaga's fault. It happens. But congratulations to Baylor. Well done. Great season. Um, 
We'll bring it around again next year and see what happens. And before I get off the basketball, congratulations to Stanford. I was really rooting for Arizona just because if you are on Twitter, they were getting so disrespected and forgotten about and just put to the side. And I don't blame their coach for saying, fuck everybody. Caught it on camera. Who gives a shit? You want to disrespect us and put us on the back burner because it's UConn and Stanford and who, uh, uh, South Carolina, I think it was. The teams that have been running circles around everybody for the last few years. Well, UConn for like the last 20. But, yeah, I don't blame that coach. You're not even going to consider us? Fuck you. You know, I was rooting for Arizona. It didn't work out. Close game, great game. Better than the Gonzaga-Baylor game. But congratulations, Stanford. Congratulations, Baylor. March Madness is in the books. And now we can talk football. So real quick, before we get into Notre Dame football, (laughs) again, I don't miss opportunities to make fun of things that I want to make fun of. So, are we all in agreement here with this statement? Sam Darnold is exactly who we thought he was. I mean, come on. I I called it from the beginning. You know, I, I'm a Giants fan. If you're like, oh, what was with Sam Darnold? What's Saquon Barkley? And I'm like, listen, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I've been watching Sam Darnold play at USC. He plays this every year. He's not that impressive. If he can't beat... Notre Dame, like, why Why is he going to go in the NFL and be awesome? And USC has talent. It's not like he was Josh Allen playing at Wyoming, throwing the ball to nobodies. Or Zach Wilson at BYU. It's, that's why I, I think Josh Allen and Zach Wilson have a very good opportunity to be good in the NFL. Because they've done a lot with little. Sam Darnold had everything. And he sucked. And he looks silly. That's not a reason to dislike the guy. But I just I wasn't impressed with him. It never was. And here we are. How many years later? Three, four? And he's being traded. Because he sucks. And the Jets are like, we're over this. And he goes to a place where he's, pro- he, he's probably going to be the backup to Teddy Bridgewater. That's hilarious. He went from the Jets, who suck. And I, I, that's, I feel sorry for their franchise. I have family who are Jets fans, being from New Jersey. Uh, he went from the Jets, where and you can blame Adam Gase, you can blame whoever you want. They just, they suck. And they have sucked for quite some time. To the Panthers, who you don't know what to expect, but it's just he's getting traded because he's not good. He's not good. It's, it's, it's so funny. He's so bad. Oh, he is just an average quarterback. He is who we, in the great, in the words of the great Denny Green, he is who we thought he was. Yeah, laugh out loud. <laughs> oh man, whew! I this that made me laugh. I loved it. Never gonna stop loving it. Sam Darnold, ha ha ha! So glad we picked Saquon Barkley. I don't care how overrated running backs are. I really don't. Barkley, despite injuries, has worked out as a better pick than Sam Darnold ever would have been. So thank you very much. All right. Now, 
what we've been waiting for. Because I've sort of been teasing it for a couple weeks, just talking all March Madness. We have Notre Dame football to discuss. Had to get some Notre Dame music in here to get this going. So we're going to – spring football is upon us. They've only had, uh, well, five practices today. Um, Apparently Avery Davis made a great catch. You know, but we're going to start discussing more of the spring ball leading up to our uh, spring game, the blue-gold game, May 1st. Now, we're later than some teams because Clemson already played their spring game. Which is, that was different to me. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I don't know if, but I also realize in northern states, it's a little bit more difficult to get in football in January and February. You know, Clemson, South Carolina, they get some practice in before we even see the grass. So, you know, but spring ball, spring ball has begun. And I'm going to end kind of discussing that because that's, with our current roster, our current guys, and where we might have questions, what we can expect. But I also, uh, last week, kind of touched briefly on our pro day. And I, so I want to jump into that. If you saw some of the stuff on Twitter about our Notre Dame's pro day, uh, some things that were expected. JOK is a freak athlete. Uh, he just outshone everyone. At the pro day, athletically, just the guy's a gifted man. And I just hope he ends up somewhere good. That's it. I just want him to be in a system that he can succeed in. That's all. I, I know he's got the skills, but sometimes you get lost in the sauce and lost in the shuffle because of the system or the organization or whatever it might be. I, I hope he ends up somewhere good. But if not, he is good enough to overcome it. You know, that's he's our number one guy for this draft. If you're a Notre Dame fan, want to know where they go, where they end up, and so on. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, I still think maybe he creeps closer to the top ten, but it's going to be about need. Um, I think he's going to fall in that ten to like eighteen range in the draft, which is perfectly fine. That's awesome. Good for him. Um, something else that jumped out. Uh, Tommy Trem- Tommy Tremble is a freak athlete too. That guy is, he ran a four five something forty. Like I know some people were saying maybe late third round, fourth round. I think he should be a high third round pick. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes uh late second. I think he's that talented. He didn't get many opportunities. Notre Dame's depth at tight end is impressive. We are tight end you. Debate me all you want. Go for it. Uh, we put more guys in the NFL at the tight end position than any other school since 2000. It can't be argued. We are we get tight ends in our school, and we put them in the NFL. Now, Tremble had to compete with uh, Michael Mayer this past year, 
Uh, George Takis, who's still on the team. Turns out Brock Wright's a pretty good athlete, too. He can play. So, But Tommy Tremble impressed me. Uh, so, and uh, real, real quick, talk about impressive. Somebody that impressed me, and I found it, uh, it's kind of funny, Sean Crawford. I've picked on this guy so much. Guy, he's, I love him. I do. He's such a great dude. He's all five foot nine of them. This guy ran a four four seven in the forty at fifty seven years of age. Okay, that's not true. He did run a four four seven, but he's he's like twenty twenty three. I don't know. He went to school for seven years, but he's not a doctor. But he's had so many injuries to his legs that to run a four four seven. My God, he should just he he's not gonna get drafted. But he should get on the team just for that. Like, dude, that's amazing. And I think it does show his work ethic and what he's willing to do and put himself through to get to where he wants to go. Uh, but I found it was like four four seven for that dude on like no legs, no ligaments. That's amazing. But I don't think he's gonna get drafted. Uh, you know, unfortunately. So yeah, the, the big two days were JOK and Tremble, but other. Uh, noteworthy things. Nick McLeod ran a 4.37, and people are saying, oh, he ran a 4.37. Well, he should start getting some looks. He needs to get some looks at the uh, NFL. I'm like, why? Because he ran a 4.37? Like, if he can't cover that well, then come out of breaks and play the ball. Like, running a 4.37 as a corner isn't that valuable? Because if the guy who on the other side of the football runs a four-five-seven, but can stop on a dime and come out of a break faster than you, what does it matter how fast you are in a straight line? And I say that because Javon McKinley ran a four-five-seven. Now, as a receiver, I don't want to contradict myself here, but as a receiver, if he ran a four-three-seven. That might warrant some looks because, dude, I can just throw the ball up and you can go get it. Whereas as a DB, there's a lot more to it than that. You don't know where the receiver's going. You have to go off their move. So the the four three seven doesn't hold a lot of weight for me in the McLeod time. The fact that McKinley ran a four five seven, I don't know if that helps him though. Uh, unfortunately, you know. So we'll see what happens. And the other thing, the other takeaway was Book is being talked about more and more and more and to the point where I don't see how he doesn't get drafted. I said it when I uh, previewed all of the dudes who are going to uh, likely get drafted and Book was not on all draft uh, projections. He was on some. And when I saw a thing, Kellen Mond getting drafted in the fourth round, I'm like, if that dude's getting drafted in the fourth round, Ian Book is getting drafted. I don't know where, I don't know when, don't know to who, but the kid is getting drafted. Uh, so, you know, we'll hang on to our hats and see where our dudes go in a month. Or less than a month, like three weeks. Kind of exciting. You're going to see uh, all the, the ads for the draft. I'm just anxious to see where the guys go. So, those are our already left domers let's talk about spring ball and the dudes we have that have played in a few practices i'm not going to spend a ton of time because we got 
three more weeks, or almost four, before the spring game. But the first thing I'm noticing is going into it, I had a question about receiver. Like, that was kind of my thing. What are we going to do at receiver? Because we have so many. Like, we really do. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, the guys who you expect to be there, Brandon Lindsay, Avery Davis, uh, Kevin Austin, uh, Joe Wilkins from you know, even last year. That's four guys already. Davis, Keys, Austin, Wilkins. Then you still got guys who we keep not being able to shut up about. Jordan Johnson, Xavier Watts, Lorenzo Styles. You know, we're talking about all these dudes. And De- uh, he hasn't gotten to campus yet, but Deion Colsey. It's kind of like, uh, okay, what are how many receivers will you have on the field? But the thing is, they're all talented. So whatever happens, happens. You know, Colsey and Styles, it wouldn't shock me if they get redshirted. I do expect to see some Xavier Watts. I absolutely expect to see some Jordan Johnson. Um, but you also look at, like, Lindsey has proven to have health issues. Kevin Austin has proven to have health issues. You know, so we'll see. But there's so much talent. Those names just jump off the page for everybody. You know, uh, Davis played so great last year. Keys, if he can stay healthy. Uh, Lindsey, Austin, Johnson, Watts. Like, I know it's a question, but there's so much talent that I I don't think it's really a question in terms of are we going to get production there? The question is just from who, you know. Uh, I think they're all going to get a chance. And, you know, we'll see what happens. The biggest question is really the offensive line because with the receiver position, I feel like they're all going to play. Uh, they're all going to play. They all have talent. I think we're going to get production. The offensive line, we got a lot of question marks. We lost four out of five guys, and currently we lost five out of five because Patterson is still hurt. He ain't playing right now. He's not practicing. So you look at the biggest battle that's come about is our boy, the best recruiter in Notre Dame history. Well, maybe not the best recruiter, but Blake Fisher, the dude from Indiana, him and Tosh Baker. Tosh Baker is a sophomore this year. He was thought of as to come in and boom. He's going to come in and, and take over and that's it. A six foot eight, 300 pound sophomore. Well, Blake Fisher's challenging him. Question is, where will they play and will they play? It, it really is a question. Because if Patterson is healthy, you're looking at him. He's likely the left tackle. Zeke Carell, I think that's, he's our center. That's got to be a done deal. He's the center. Right tackle, you figure that's got to be Lug. So that's three spots. Now, then you look at the rest of the names. Somebody who apparently is showing signs of uh, improvement in these minimal practices is uh, Christophic. Uh, He's showing improvement. He's He's a center, though. And he's a big center. He's 6'5", but he's only 292. And I don't know that you can put a guy like at 6'5", 
5'292 at the guard or tackle position. <clears throat> so as good as he's looked, I think he might just end up being the backup center to Correll. But you look at the two guard spots, the name we know because he got playing time last year is Dylan Gibbons, and he's a grad senior. But then after that, you've got a senior in John Dirksen and junior Quinn Carroll, who they were expected to be the guys competing for a spot. You almost The assumption would be Patterson left tackle, Carell at center, uh, Luggett right tackle, Gibbons at, Gibbons at guard. And then it's going to be Dirksen or Carroll. We'll see. Well, now Fisher and Baker have made some noise. And we got all the spring. Season doesn't start till, you know, I I remember the first game. I think it's uh, it's Labor Day uh, weekend. So September. We got many, many months. But can Fisher and Baker come in and be the two guards? Who knows? Will that bump Gibbons? Are Dirksen and uh, Quinn Carroll going to show their uh, veteranism, their seniority, and I've been in the program, here we go. A lot of questions, and we'll see how they shake out as we move forward. But the best takeaway is Blake Fisher already competing for being talked about in the starting role. Oh, that's so awesome. And I had bigger hopes on Rocco Spindler, which is, he's only a freshman. That's fine. Give the guy time. Rocco Spindler can come on whenever he's ready to come on. So, but that's oh, it's so awesome to see Fisher doing those things. You know, we'll see how that, that shakes out. And it seems like the quarterback battle currently, which makes sense, is between Cone and uh, Pine. And I say it makes sense because Cone has the experience. He's been doing this. He's played the big games. He's played the Rose Bowl. Played in the Big Ten from Wisconsin. I get it. And Pine's been in the system. He knows the playbook. He understands Notre Dame, and he should be ideally ready to compete. Whereas Buckner is hasn't played football in how long competitively in a game, and he's still learning the playbook. He's still figuring it out. He's still learning. He's still, but after four practices, they've been talking highly of Buckner. Now, I think that says something because. I don't think, and this is my opinion, I don't think you talk up a freshman unless it's true. Because uh, I know when I was 18, if you if I heard you saying good things about me, I'm going to have biggest head in the room. And you, you don't want that yet from him. So, But if it's true, then oh, okay. You don't want to talk him up to talk him up. You don't want to give him a false sense of security. That's the worst thing you can do. So the fact they're talking him up, I like it. I I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we'll see. We got some tough games to kick off the season. The first half of the season is not easy. You know, uh, kicking off with Florida State, and then uh, what is it? Game. Hold on, I'm gonna find it quickly. Where are we at? Uh, Florida State, and then games four and five are Wisconsin and Cincinnati. So, the beginning of the season, we're going to see what we've got. We'll know pretty quickly. But uh, spring ball has started, and it's exciting. And we're going to 
see who shows out more and more as we progress. But that's where we're at right now. And next time you guys see me, very good chance I've got a new logo. Shout out to Marty Coleman with Sluggo Podcast. Uh, he makes some, does some little graphic design stuff. I reached out to him. He decided to make me a, a fun little logo. A little more artsy than what I did. I took a picture, laid a green like color over it, and <laughs> wrote on it. So he's going to be a little bit more creative. So we'll see what he's got. So thank you, Marty. Appreciate you, man. Uh, follow Marty, Podcast Sluggo, on Twitter. Uh, and from Sluggo, it's Casey. They've got a pretty good show. It is a lot of clips and stuff. But when football season's in effect, they do do a good job of splitting time between college football in its whole, its entirety, and Clemson. They kind of go 50-50 on that. Whereas once football starts, I'm not even going to be shy. I'm, it's all Notre Dame and the other part of college football maybe get 10 minutes. I will talk other college football, uh, but it'll be mostly Notre Dame. But uh, that's my show for today, guys. March Madness in the books. It was fun. Go Baylor. Where's my gift card? To a restaurant I've never heard of in South Carolina. Can't wait for that. And next week, we got more spring ball to talk about. I'll be back. Find me on Twitter at 5 foot nothing pod. Shoot me an email. 5 foot nothing pod at gmail.com. If you listen on Apple, hit me with a that purple icon, five stars. Write me a review. I'm going to do what a lot of podcasts do. If you leave me a review, I will read it verbatim. I don't care what it says. I'm, I don't take life seriously. So if you want to be yeah, – you tell me a joke. Tell me, tell me your favorite joke. I will read it. I don't care. But thank you all so much. Hope you, everybody had a happy Easter weekend. Uh, enjoyed the time with family. Got to watch some March Madness. The Masters starts this week. Spring is upon us. Spring football. Go Irish. Until next time. Five foot nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.